Well, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to our very first episode of You Forgot One. At heart, Micaiah and I are music lovers We are audiophiles and cinephiles and nerds who believe that nothing has been fully appreciated if you have not yet found a way to put it into a list or to rank it appropriately against all of the other great things of all time. And so it it didn't take very long into our relationship where the end of every year, whether it was Oscar season or Grammy season or whatever it was, you and I had the tendency to go, all right, what's what what are your top five albums of this year? What are your top 10 movies of this year? Um, and so it, it has been, even though we haven't lived uh, anywhere close to each other, in fact, it's it's been um, a number of years since we've seen each other in person. Yeah. And yet we still have been able through uh, social media and through text messages, we've, we've still stayed in contact. It really around the idea of comparisons of our various rankings and lists every year and then of course um as we just finished 2020 uh there was a whole lot of okay what were the best 20 albums of the first 20 years of the millennia what is your updated what's your updated kind of best of all time list and what what had really kind of become uh, almost like an annual joy for you and I turned into well <laughs> Let's let's start recording these conversations. Let's turn this into a podcast because somewhere out there, somewhere out there in in the interwebs is is a handful of other people who are just as nerdy about this kind of thing as we are. Absolutely. Yeah, there there are certainly other people who use their like youth groups or college ministries to turn it into more of a high fidelity situation than a than a church service. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So to start with, you and I kind of went back and forth of, all right, well, how do we do this? And, and the, the, the name of this podcast, You Forgot One, is, is really around this idea that inevitably when you sit down, if you're a music lover, if you're someone who, who loves music, um, uh, especially pop music, rock music across kind of many, many years, you start going, all right, I'm going to make a list of the best albums. And it doesn't take long of putting a list together where you, you know, you're going through Spotify, you're going through Apple Music, you're going through uh, various, you know, lists online. You're, you know, hey, what does Rolling Stone have to say? What does Stereo Gum say? I mean, like, it's kind of looking at all these various lists. And ultimately, you arrive at that point where you go, oh, you forgot one. You forgot Absolutely. one. And, and so I, I will confess, tonight we wanted to start off, we want to start off this first episode by just talking about our kind of first 50. And, and the idea was, is that we wanted to put together a list, 50, 50 albums each. And we kind of gave ourselves some, uh, some rules for putting these 50 albums together. So the idea was, is to put together... Uh, 50 albums um, we tried to and I think we succeeded in only giving an artist one album in the 50 yes so so we we both recognize we are both huge Bob Dylan fans my my daughter's middle name is Dylan my daughter my firstborn shares the name Dylan because of my love for Bob Dylan uh, we are huge Dylan fans and if we were going to do a top 50 albums of all time we both would have three or four Dylan albums. Oh, it, it in would that be top fifty-five to ten percent Dylan. <laughs> Absolutely. So and, we we decided let's do one album per artist per band, and 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 I think we stuck to that. Yeah. And then the idea was as well that we were going to allow, for the sake of these artists, we were going to allow considering how many great artists there were, especially in the forties and fifties and early sixties that really were around, not during the LP era, but during the 45 era where, where 
bands would release singles, artists would release singles, and they were kind of jukebox uh, singles on a 45. There'd be an A side and a B side. And so for many of those artists, they, they weren't album artists. So when we think of the albums by them, we're really thinking of compilations. Yes. And so we, we allowed a certain amount of compilations. We allowed soundtracks uh, as, as well. And so we have kind of a starting 50 albums that we're both going to share. And of course, there's, there's, there's a handful of, of overlap in those, in those lists, but they are far different uh, for us. In, in some ways, as similar tastes as we have, they are far different than I ever would have imagined them being. So, Micaiah, I've kind of explained the, the rules and the list of, of how we're doing this. Why don't you go ahead and give us Micaiah's starting 50 for You Forgot One podcast? Sure, and I'll even add a couple more notes about methodology. Because I've even taken it like a step further in terms of when it comes to one album per artist uh, that no, like if I have a Beatles record on there, then I'm also not going to put Ram by Paul and Linda McCartney, right? Mm. If I have Straight Outta Compton by NWA, I'm not going to also have The Chronic. Okay. Or Enter the Wu-Tang, I'm not going to also have Liquid Swords. Or, you know, so I... So so if an artist appeared as part of a band, you will not also then include a solo solo album by them and vice versa. Right. Just to kind of, you know, keep a more clean cut. Uh, But that's just kind of the rules that I'm playing with for myself. Cause I realized that if I don't give myself these rules, like we we're talking about the Dylan thing, then it just, it ends up like a certain artist or a certain genre just kind of taking over. And, and we should also add this as a caveat. Neither one of our lists are ranked list. These are just yes. top 50. And for yours, you you've put yours in chronological yes. order. Mine is, is is slightly chronological but also just kind of it was me doing literally doing the the theme of this podcast which is kind of getting to listen going oh i forgot one forgot one yeah. forgot one yeah there comes a point where like if you're just going to go okay what are the, like 50 canonical albums well then that's like not really fun it doesn't really reflect your musical tastes you know it's just like oh here's a very agreeable list you know, you kind of, you need to have your list, you know? So you kind of, yeah, yeah. So for my list, I kind of split the, you know, like what is, you know, what are the best albums of all time? And what is also my take on, you know, the best albums of all time? When I was making my list, you know, I was thinking like, okay, what would offend me if I didn't see it on there? Either because it's so agreeably mm. good and because I personally love it so much. That idea of the I personally love it so much it plays plays a huge role um, in this, and, and we both kind of approach it this way. And so, you're going to hear both of our lists, and and for some of you, you're going to immediately disagree, and you're going to go, "That is not a greatest fifty album of all time. That is that that is not a top fifty album." Um, but I kind of went with the approach of, for me personally, that if if I'm if I lost my vinyl <laughs> collection. If I lost every record that I owned and insurance gave me enough money to go and buy 50 albums, what are the 50 albums that I, that I would buy first if I, was, if I was kind of replenishing my vinyl collection? So, so Mikhail, let's go ahead and hear it. Let's okay. hear your 50. Um, the oldest record I have on here, since this is chronological, Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Uh, from 1961, a compilation one of the few compilations on here, uh, King of the Delta Blue Stingers by Robert Johnson. Or even though it's a compilation, you know, like we're talking about earlier, these were, you know, you would have found these on 78s. This even predates the 45s. But this compilation came out in 1961, right at the height of the folk revival. So the LP itself is still really important uh, for music history. Mm-hmm. Um, next uh, is Presenting the Raw Nets featuring... Veronica, um, girl group record, The Wall of Sound. I can't see the list without it. Um, next is another jazz record, A Love Supreme by John Coltrane, mm. my favorite jazz record. Next is my number one of all time, Pet Sounds 
by the Beach Boys. Next is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. The Velvet Underground and Nyko. Uh, Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. Music from Big Pink by the band. After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. That one's tricky because I tell everyone that my favorite is On the Beach. And it is. Mm. But it would offend me if I saw this and After the Gold Rush wasn't on there. That's one of those things I can't really explain, but that is how I felt making this list, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, Next is Blue by Joni Mitchell. What's Going On Mm. by Marvin Gaye. Followed by There's a Riot Going On by Sly and the Family Stone. Inner Visions by Stevie Wonder. Blood on the Tracks, Bob Dylan. Horses, Patti Smith. Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen. Mothership Connection by Parliament. Uh, The debut Ramones album. Station to Station by Bowie. Uh, That's probably a controversial pick. Maybe it's not. Uh, We'll see. Uh, another compilation, the Elvis Sun Sessions. Getting back to the conversation about the 45 early rock and roll generation. But this LP came out in 76. It was also highly influenced, I mean, just before he died. So there's really good timing to it. And um, also, it's not one of these, like, big box sets, you know, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, th- this, this, this is a greatest hits, a compilation that still came out during the LP era. Uh, which I think uh, keeps it relevant. It makes it more eligible than just cheating and putting like the complete Elvis Presley. Um, hmm. Next, Marquee Moon by Television. Uh, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Bob Marley and the Whalers, Exodus. Right. Third by Big Star, which is hmm. complicated, and we can get into that. Uh, <laughs> about yeah, that, that there's there's gonna there's gonna be a, a whole later episode about about that yeah. that selection. Uh, I mean, even if you say third, which version are you talking about? Right, uh, mm-hmm. London Calling by The Clash, Armed Forces by Elvis Costello and the Attractions, Fear of Music by Talking Heads, and it would be Stop Making Sense, but the 1984 LP. I don't love as much as you know the act the actual film soundtrack, which didn't come out until a special edition CD in 1999. So I'm going with their studio album, Fear of Music. Another compilation from 1982, Chuck Berry's The Great 28, Thriller by Michael Jackson, Purple Rain by Prince, Let It Be by The Replacements, Hatful of Hollow. By the Smiths, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy, The Low End Theory by Tribe Called Quest, Automatic for the People by R.E.M., Wildflower by Tom Petty, OK Computer by Radiohead, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, Is This It by The Strokes, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco, Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie. For Emma, Forever Ago by Bonnie Bear. Fleet Foxes, their debut album. The Age of Odds by Sufjan Stevens. Trouble Will Find Me by The National. To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Blonde by Frank Ocean. And Ending Strong, Lemonade by Beyonce. Now, some of these are not even in my personal top 50 favorite albums of all time or top 100 but if I'm thinking about what are the best what would be insane not to include while also sticking true to myself and what I like this is what I came up with and I think what I told you when I sent it to you is this was barely fun to make uh, yeah the, the the parameters we set on it was 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 strict enough that no matter what list either one of us came up with, we, we knew we were not I knew I was going to offend it. you. I knew I was going to offend who was listening. I knew I would upset myself. But I look at it and I like it. And 
I'm sticking to it. I'm committed to it. And, and, and look, I, I will say, like, you, I mean, almost entirely stuck to your word that you wouldn't have kind of any carryover, wouldn't have any people who appear in other albums, with the exception of, of two, which is you had John Coltrane's 1965 album, A Love Supreme, and Miles Davis' right. 1959 album, Kind of Blue. John Coltrane, of course, is the sax mm-hmm. player on Kind of Blue with Miles Davis, Miles Davis's band. But other than that, you stuck stuck right to it. There's not there's not crossover, um, and and that's really impressive to yeah. see. I'm surprised. when you play that game, though, it's like, well, you know, Peter Buck does the guitar solo on the opening track to "Let It Be" by the Replacements. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not quite the same, but you know, there, there's going to be a little bit of that uh, cross pollinate. You know, mm-hmm. I like I have um, three essential albums, four actually, from like bands from like the CBGB era. You know what I mean? So yeah. it gets a little incestuous in terms of like music scenes there also. But I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't make the list without them. You and I both have what. What is for us um, in an, a personally important album, um, and yet, as as I share my list, and and you and I have talked about this, Sufjan Stevens' "Age of Odds." Many, many arguably would say a surprise to have a Sufjan album on the list, and if you're going to have a Sufjan album on the list. It is a surprise that this was your pick, cons- considering how um, how cr- how critically well received um, uh, Illinois is, um, how critically well received. Um, I mean, this incredibly, uh, uh, you know, Carrie and Lowell is just just a beautiful, beautiful album that um, was so critically well received. Age of Odds is was was generally a pretty panned album when it came out, um, and even among Sufjan Stevens fans, uh, it's a very small group for whom this is their album. But you you are perfectly in that camp. Oh yeah, I, I am. My feet are planted. I will die on that hill. I mean, for me, it's like the difference between you know with with Illinois and Age of Odds, like choosing between Highway sixty one or Visit and Blood on the tracks. Like I know what mm-hmm. you know. I know Highway sixty one has like a Rolling Stone, and I know what that did for music history. It's like I know what Illinois, you know, like right there in the middle of the two thousands, you know, I, it, it's positioned so perfectly and it's so ambitious. There's so many things written about the the fifty states project and all that stuff. But Age of Odds, it just does it for me you know and i I think it really kind of dictated where a lot of music for the rest of the decade went i mean speaking of crossover i mean there's a song in age of odds that's sampled onto pimp a butterfly you know Mm -hmm. uh, which when i heard that about lost my mind i never saw that coming so that's a lot of fun but yeah no odds i i don't want to say too much now but yeah i i'm firmly planted in the age of odds camp but I, I mean, I, I can yeah. be talked into Illinois just because I know, you know, what just how significant it was for for when it came out. Uh, but just looking, just coming out of the last decade, I mean, that was my favorite album of the previous decade. You know, when everyone from 2010 was mm-hmm. hooked on the Kanye record, I was on Age of Odds, and I never got over it. Just like so many people at the end of the decade, not never got over that Kanye record. Yeah. Yeah, and and for me, I, there I I'm gonna have a Kanye album on my list, and it it won't be Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and and for me that's actually the beginning of kind of his in my mind at least turn turn away to um, less accessible, um, certainly more ambitious, but less accessible, less. Um, listenable <laughs> less, less. Um, and again I, yeah and, and, and look I, I understand I'm probably going to be in the minority in that but but for me I am I am firmly a 
college dropout, yeah. late registration, graduation guy. Like that, that is Kanye's yeah. trilogy for me. And and I'm not really interested in anything. I'm I'm not really interested in kind of Kanye beyond that. Yeah, I mean, my favorite Kanye is on the Blueprint. I mean, I mean that that mm-hmm. that's that's where I go for Kanye. But uh, we, I mean, we will certainly be discussing him further down the road, no doubt. So, so you did something in your list, and and I I totally understand the approach to it. But the the idea of saying, here's what would offend me if it was not on a uh, not on a yeah. list, does does have a way of, um, you still are going to make personal choices within mm-hmm. that, but there there are albums that will end up in your list that you may not honestly enjoy it may not even be the album you enjoy the most from mm-hmm. that artist and yet you're still putting it still putting it on the list and so and, and I, I understand the thought process behind it but just so people understand the difference between them for me i really went mine is highly personal i took it from the idea of going we've had a fire i've lost my vinyl collection insurance has given me x amount of money to essentially buy 50 records what are the 50 records and for the record when you told me that i was kind of mad at my approach (laughs) i was like yeah that's (laughs) that's like a really fun way i mean i mean that's a different list you know what i mean like forget that like there's like subjectivity and like what people like and like don't like but even how they make a list is subjective you Mm -hmm. know that's what makes this so absolutely yeah Absolutely. So here's here's mine, and again, not not in um, this is not in a ranked order. Um, other than if I was going down making the list of of the things I wanted to make sure I had on vinyl, this is. This Do you is have all fifty of these on vinyl? Um, I have thirty, forty, forty one. I have forty one of these albums okay. on vinyl. Good deal. Yeah. So here we go. So uh, the Beatles revolver, um, which I I know there's, I know there's some debate over the best Beatles album for me. um, You talked about Kate Bush's uh, Hounds of Love being the perfect pop album for me. The Beatles revolver is the pop blueprint. It is the pop rock blueprint going forward in terms of just structure of pop music going forward the the Beatles wrote the blueprint with Revolver, uh, and so the Beatles Revolver, um, Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. Uh, for me, this is the best Bob Dylan album. And as much as I love Dylan, there is not another one of his albums that comes anywhere close to being as good as Blood on the Tracks for me. It is just my my ultimate favorite Dylan album. And you and I share a, a love and affinity for that. And I can't wait for us to talk about that because it's one of the kind of personal things that ties us together you and i share a deep love uh for this album uh uh, london calling by the clash are you experienced by Jimi hendrix and you should you and i should go ahead and probably tell the leader the listeners as as well you and i are are both musicians yes that that Um, is actually important to how these lists are made i think uh, yeah and so uh, if you never had the experience you know, being being a middle school or high school aged kid sitting in a room with a guitar and in, you know, printed out tablature trying to learn how to play the beautifully sloppy, um, creative genius uh, licks that Jimi Hendrix wrote. Uh, then, then you may not fully understand Are You Experienced, but there is not a single song in Are You Experienced that doesn't want to make you Absolutely. pick up the Watching... guitar. It's so cliche, but I I forget this so often. But watching Jimi Hendrix, watching footage of Jimi Hendrix play, is what convinced me at the thirteen years old to like ask for a guitar for Christmas. Yeah, you know, I mean it, it can't be, you know, overestimated just how influential he is for musicians. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh probably one of my all-time favorite albums uh, Joshua Tree by U2 uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller because of course uh, Van Morrison and for me I am a Moondance guy 
Um, if I can only have one Van Morrison record, I want it to be Moondance, not Astral Weeks. Astral Weeks is a great album. I'm not diminishing Astral Weeks. But if I can only listen to one Van Morrison album as long as I live, I want to listen to I'm Moondance. already dreading that uh, episode. <laughs> Miles Davis, kind of blue. I'm with you on that. Chuck Berry's The Great 28. Uh, James Brown, 20 all-time greatest greatest hits. And for me, there's there's a handful of these artists, Chuck Berry, uh, James Brown, a few more as we get into it, where uh, I love their music, but they come from an era, that, that 45 era, especially a lot of the guys who um, were at one time or another on Motown. Um, I love their greatest hits compilations because those were the records I had in my house growing up. My mom's a big audiophile. Um, and so we had lots of records in the house growing up. And so my mom just had these compilations of Motown records. So whether it was Stevie Wonder, The Temptations, that there were just these, these groups that I feel like I only got to know them through these collections of their hits. And so I'm a huge James Brown fan, but I love that 20 all-time greatest hits. Uh, Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed. I know people are, you know, people love to talk about what a great album Exile on Main Street is, but I love Let It Bleed. Let It Bleed is my perfect Rolling Stones album. Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, The Band, Music from the Big Pink, Death Cab for Cutie, Transatlanticism, the the album that perfected uh, 2003, 2004 for me, uh, Radiohead's OK Computer, Carol King's Tapestry. And again, this is one of those personal ones. There's another one like this down on the list, but this is just one of those albums my mom played for hundreds of hours of my childhood. Uh, the Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bullocks, uh, Bob Marley's Exodus. You and I went back having this conversation. For me, uh, Wilco, uh, I totally understand Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Summer Teeth is actually my favorite Wilco album. Um, but because I'm such a big fan of Wilco kicking television, um, actually was my choice because that live compilation allows me to kind of have the best of being there. Summer teeth, Yankee hotel, Foxtrot, um, uh, uh, you know, sky blue sky. Like there, there's so many great, uh, Wilco pieces on kicking television. Simon and go, go ahead. That, that is definitely, that's definitely your age of odds. Mm-hmm from my perspective. And I think a lot of these things are generational mm-hmm. too. You know, I think in 1999, you were just right in the right spot for summer teeth. Like in 2010, I was in the right mm-hmm. spot to receive mm-hmm. age of odds. Yeah. So I, I graduated and so, high school in 1999. And I graduated high school in 2009 mm-hmm. age of odds. Mm-hmm. Is 2010. So that 10 year difference explains you know, so, a lot. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Especially when we get into things mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely. 90s. Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water. Al Green's Greatest Hits. Uh, just a note for all you married guys out there, guys that want to get married someday, you better find a way to dance with a woman to let's stay together. It'll change your life. Uh, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. Purple Rain by Prince. Sly and the Family Stone's Greatest Hits. Led Zeppelin Four. Billy Joel's The Stranger, probably my mom's favorite album. And so another one that I heard a whole lot growing up and uh, had, the op- had the opportunity a few years back to take my mom for Mother's Day uh, to go see Billy Joel in concert. And uh, I'll tell you, even at the age he is now, when he starts playing scenes from an Italian restaurant, uh, it brings the house down. It was a phenomenal performance. Uh, for me, my favorite album of the 2010s, Vampire Weekends, Modern Vampires of the City. Uh, Aretha Franklin, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You. And here's my age of odds, The Get Up Kids, Something to Write Home About. This album came out while I was a senior in high school. Um, This album got me through college, and uh, it remains one of my all-time favorites. Jeff Buckley's Grace. Elvis Costello, This Year's Model. Tom Waits, Mule Variations, Arcade Fire, Funeral, Kanye West, Late Registration, Outcast, Stankonia, The Strokes, Is This It, 
The replacements, please to meet me. Tribe Called Quest, the low in theory, and I'm with you. That's the best hip hop album of all time. REM's Automatic for the People, Grateful Dead's American Beauty, Parliament's Mothership Connection, the best funk album of all time, Tom Petty's Wallflowers, The Police Synchronicity, Johnny Cash, American Recordings, getting to see what Rick Rubin did, reinventing Johnny Cash, maybe the best, the, the single greatest feat of production in my list. Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins, Hatful of Hollow by the Smiths, The Temptations Anthology, which is the, uh, the, the two record kind of greatest hits uh, record that my mom had when I was growing up. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotels in the Aeroplane Over the Sea, Voodoo by D'Angelo, and Odelay by Beck, which again, if, if you were a kid in high school in the 90s when that reinvention of Beck happened and, uh, you know, just hit after hit after hit on that record, um, what, a, what a great record. So that's, that's my list. And, uh, man, we, we obviously are going to have plenty to talk about, uh, but you and I had... 18 albums in common between our, between our two lists. Yeah. And then we had six artists where we had the same artist, but we had a different album picked. I was excited to see that with like the 18 in common, right. And the, the six artist matches that we got to about 24, right. So we got almost a quarter way to a hundred, which is like a perfect kind of goal for like the first outing of like us trying to, with this podcast, put together the top 100 albums mm-hmm. of all time. Right. So the goal uh, short-term goal get the, the the first 25 down also we should just say right up front people don't typically put tom petty in the top 50 or wildflowers for that for that matter but we are also native Floridians. yes we so so tom petty especially in the wake of his death um has a certain significance mm-hmm. i think yeah. to us uh, particularly in the region of florida where we're from mm-hmm. north florida in particular, yeah. uh, he was from Gainesville. We met in St. Augustine, which is just a couple hours away. I grew up in the Panhandle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there, we have a certain affinity uh, for Tom. Yeah, Petty. so so you you and I are both native-born Floridians. Um, you are now living in Lexington, Kentucky. And I yes. am just getting ready to move to Durham, North Carolina. It will be the first time in my life I've ever lived outside of the state of Florida but we're getting ready to move to Durham, North Carolina. So um, there, there are a few things that you will see, but the, the presence of Tom Petty in both of our list is absolutely a, a Florida Homer pick. Also, I mean, even more generally, we're from mm-hmm. the South. All right. So we're, we're going to see, have these obligations to put like Al Green to get like that Memphis soul sound. And on your list in particular, like with mm-hmm. Aretha getting the muscle mm-hmm. shoal sound. You know, there just there just is. I mean, I know they're so widely received, but I think there really is an affinity for that sound growing up in that oh, region. I mean, like I have, I, you know, I put uh, Robert mm-hmm. Johnson on there, you know, to get that blues record on there. You know, so that that that's stuff that's probably uh, not not that we're unique, but there, that is going to play a part in our affection toward certain records for sure. Yeah, there's, and, and I think, you know, there's the, the great documentary that came out about the, just the relationships of the bands that were all recording in Laurel Canyon. And, and so thinking yeah. about that, there is, there is a uniquely California sound. Um, and, and obviously Pet Sounds is on your list. Pet Sounds is not on mine. Um, but but really outside of pet sounds and outside of you know Fleetwood Max rumors, we we really don't have a whole lot of of that kind of very California sound 
that's that's a part of our list. And so there there are some there are some regional yeah. things. We had uh, some some surprise similarities for me, which is that we both put "Never Mind the Bollocks" by the Sex Pistols. We that surprised we me. We both as well. had "Exodus" by Bob Marley. Um, obviously, we both had "London Calling" by the Clash. Uh, and maybe back to the Bob Marley thing. Not only from the South, not our, not only are we from Florida, we're also from beach mm-hmm. communities. Were you just more likely to hear reggae yeah, music? If 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 you if you are from a beach community in, in Florida, um you have you have grown up around reggae music, like it or not. You you've grown up around reggae music and, and you have grown up around carrot heads. You you have grown up around uh ninety different local bar cover bands that do the same version of Margaritaville everywhere you go. I mean, there are just some yeah. things that are, that are common to the places we're from. And so it, it, it does explain a lot of how we both had this one particular Bob Marley album on our, on our top fifties. Yes. Uh, and, and even now I, th- I think about the, uh, the opening of three little birds, you know, that, that little steel drum that comes in and the, you know, the, 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 uh, the end one kind of up, up notes on the guitar, the, those really defining things that are, are, that are the building blocks of reggae music and are done perfectly. Yeah. They're, they're done perfectly. And without, uh, sarcasm, they're, they're done without cynicism on, on Exodus, uh, and and they're done as kind of a caricature of themselves everywhere else we've experienced them. But there is something incredibly beautiful about seeing an album like that where you're like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be done. And so obviously we had that and we had we shared London Calling by The Clash, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Um, I, I mean, in, in even now you go back and listen to Thriller and it's so hard to, um, especially in the last five years, as we have unfortunately started to find out more and more, not just about Michael Jackson, we started to find out more and more about so many artists and, and so many, um, so many men that were products of, uh, you know, some systems of toxic masculinity um, and, and just real systems of, of, of oppression and, and sexism general abuses and of power, sexual abuse. Uh, and yet it's, so it's so hard to divorce the music from 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 some of those stories but still you listen to thriller and and man what what a what a phenomenally catchy album an album that really um you know hey they called him the king of the pop he king of pop he he really defined um in the same way that the beatles revolver for me became the blueprint for what that kind of pop rock sound would be Everything that's popular today, whether it's looking at, you know, Lemonade by Beyonce on your list, whether it's looking at, you know, almost all of the R&B stuff that we're going to see later on, that that creating that accessibility to it is all born out of Michael Jackson working with Quincy Jones. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing, I mean, like, I know Michael is canceled and I and I, I have loved him for so long to where I just affectionately call him Michael you know like this is how important this artist has been to me my whole life um you know and I, I, know, I know that he's canceled but and we'll get into this when we like really get get into that record but to just throw out the album you know throws out everything Quincy Jones did everything those studio mm-hmm. musicians did everything that his co-writers did you know what I mean like they're he's not the only person yeah. on the record He's not the only person, you know, he's, it's his name. He's on the cover, but there are other people on this record that make it what it is. And we can get into that too, for what it means to still love an album by a, a problematic artist. Uh, but uh, and I'll say one last thing about Thriller, much easier listening back to that album than it is to listen to something like bad, where he says he's bad and a mm-hmm. smooth criminal. Um, that's one we're like, this is harder. To yeah. Oh, absolutely. To now. Um, <laughs> whereas Thriller is just I mean, it, it, so fun from start to finish. Uh, it, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to mm-hmm. 
to have a tough conversation when that one yeah. comes up. Yeah, and it, th- there is a uh, interestingly enough, you're talking about how it's hard to listen to bad now. My my of all the great songs on Thriller, Human Nature is my favorite song on that album, and and there's something that is simultaneously uh, vulnerable about that song and in light of all that we know now is much harder to listen to. Uh, yeah, but you know what? If it helps you, yeah. he didn't write that <laughs> That's song. That's right. That's right. Didn't write that song. Um, so obviously we shared shared uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, The Great 28 by Chuck Berry, Purple Rain by Prince, uh, Hatful of Hollow by The Smiths. And again, I, I think that um, we we both have um, interesting takes on on that and how we ended up there. Uh, Low End Fury by Tribe Called Quest, Automatic for the People by REM, Tom Petty's Wallflowers, Radiohead's OK Computer, The Strokes Is This It, Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie, and and so we've we've got these eighteen albums in common that span a, a pretty wide cross section and. We've we've got this kind of eighteen album cross section that that we both have that's that's probably indicative simultaneously of again the places we're from, the generations that we're a part of, um, but there are things that we share that uh, neither one of us were alive when these albums came out. Um, we may not yeah. have a personal connection to them. For me, I think about something like Parliament's Mothership Connection, and again. If if you've never heard Mothership Connection by Parliament, you're you you are in for a treat. But you also need to know it is going to start in in a way that if you've never heard that era's funk music before, if you've never taken a deep dive into funk music, it is going to it it's going to either uh, make you laugh. You're going to think it's weird at the start. Um, I mean, make my funk. The P funk is the first is the first song on the album, and they're starting off, you know, introducing themselves in the yeah. weirdest way possible. And it, but if you'll stick with it and wait till that band gets grooving, man, no one did funk better than than this group during this season of their. Um, there are some things that it doesn't make sense that you and I both have on because it's not like there are albums that are universally kind of defined as, Oh, this is one of the best ever, but, but we have a strange shared right. collection here. Yeah. Mothership connection was one I was so surprised to see, but mm-hmm. then again, we've texted about it. I mean, we, we've, we yeah. will send each other P funk lyrics, but I mean, we, but we also grew up in a time yeah. where G funk, was more significant. So we kind of had that touchstone back to looking back. To yeah. And, and for, for George neither Clinton. one of us having, I mean, really, if, if you take, if you take away uh low in theory was 91. Um, and then for me, you know, I've, I've got, you know, Kanye and he's, he was, you know, he, Kanye remains a, a great sampler. I mean, he, he, he can find great stuff to sample. Um, it's one of the things that I love about the work that he does. Um, with Jay-Z um, and then of course I've got Outcast on here but really neither one of us have the the really kind of prototypical 90s rap you've got the NWA album on yours so there there is some 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 product yeah but you, from, so you've got some from of Dre's production work but there there was from 1992 yeah. to about 1998 there was a whole era of rap music on both coasts, both East and West coast that, that was defined yeah. by sampling mm-hmm. the same era's music. And so there's, there's a whole lot, even if you've mm-hmm. never heard a parliament album before, there are going to be hooks in the parliament song. You're immediately going to recognize, and you're going to start singing 90s rap lyrics along too. Yeah. And you'll find that with, I mean, songs in thriller were so heavily sampled even mm-hmm. if it's just like the vincent price laugh from thriller i mean that's in so many epmd public enemy mm-hmm. i think uh, bc boys maybe even um stevie wonder sampled heavily particularly in the record that you chose so i mean a, a lot of these things that we weren't alive for i think we did um, come to by way of 
samples uh, from hip hop music when we were younger, which makes it ironic that we don't have uh, Ready to Die. We don't have Illmatic yeah. by Nas. Yeah, Not it... on this round. All right. So for people, people who are just, who've already like <laughs> thrown their iPods or iPhones across the room this is the first yeah. well, round and, and look, of picks all right as we There's as so we many more to go we are both from florida we are both from beach communities we're from two different generations but if you can't tell already by listening to us or by the choices we've made we're also two white guys and and so admittedly yes. um for for as much as i think we whether in consciously or, or subconsciously have have also been drawn to and are trying to uh, show representation in the music we've shown, uh, we've chosen. Um, th- there are some huge blind spots we have just by nature of the fact that we're two white dudes, and and so one of the things I'm looking forward yeah. to in the upcoming episodes is getting to have um, a, a more diverse. Uh, uh, um, guest that can can bring a different approach um, because there are some things again that I don't have just because I don't have as personal a relationship um, to the album or to the music and and so I'm I'm so interested to talk to people who are from somewhere else who 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 look different who think different um, because the beauty of music and art is all of it is subjective and and so the the nerd in us that is trying to make a list out of all this and trying to make some defined thing, the, the whole, the whole title of this podcast, the whole name of what we're trying to do here is taken from this idea that inevitably, anytime you try to do this, it is a fool's errand. It is, it is something you're doing where you're setting yourself up to go, Oh, you forgot one. Oh, you forgot one. And, and instead of taking that as, man, I can't believe I missed that letting that be um, something that draws you back into that artist, draws you back into that album. So if you're a music lover and, and you've kind of gotten stuck in a rut and you're listening to the same thing over and over again, our hope for you through this podcast is that you would get to discover new music. You'd get to discover old music. You discover music you should have known about earlier. You, you, you get exposed to an album that that you forgot because you never saw, you never heard, you never, you never understood the story behind it. And so we hope that our shared love of music, and again, that's the whole idea behind this, is not to come give some definitive objective list, but two guys to bring their subjective love for music together in the hopes that as you bring your subjective love of music, um, we can kind of share together in that space of the music we love and why we love it. And we can get to talk about it. And so we're going to have ways for you to connect. So if you're listening to this, encourage, encourage you to hop on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at, at you forgot one. Uh, the, both Micaiah and my list will be posted on the blog on our website, youforgotone.com, and you'll be able to see those lists um, just a few days after this post, after this podcast uh, goes up. And, and we'll have opportunities for you to comment on that. You can comment on Instagram. And uh, of course, we're going to be recording this on Anchor as well. And so um, on Anchor, we're just You Forgot One, and you can leave us uh, voice memos on, on Anchor to let us know what, what we've forgotten already and what our blind spots are and what you want to hear more of and see more of in coming episodes. Like, you know, people are going to be offended. Guess what? My all-time favorite record is Pet Sounds. It is, it is not in Rob's 50. So when and where on this list of 100 is going to appear, I do not know. Uh, Rob's favorite is The Joshua Tree <laughs> by U2. It is not even in... I mean, it's... If I were to make a list of 100, I I'm not sure. I might pick Warren or no you two, you know. So it might. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's the nature of you forgot one, you know. So that's and that and that's the fun, you know. And you know, so much of list is you, you get done and you're reading it. Rolling Stone just put out their new 500 greatest albums, 500, and all I could talk about with my mm-hmm. friends are or- all the albums that they missed. Yeah, the <laughs> album five hundred records on albums there. they missed. Many of them are and, my favorite. And you're going, you did five hundred albums, and how did you miss this? 
when you've also included this. I mean, there there are albums that made the top fifty on Rolling Stones revised list, and and you're just going, how how did they miss it? And it's and again, part of the way that we've chosen yeah. to do these fifties is because we were following kind of in many ways the Rolling Stone model of going put a put a fifty together. Yes. Um, and so even that, we're so excited to talk to you, um, and we look forward. Uh, later on in the season, we're going to have an opportunity for you as listeners to send in your 50s. And uh, we can start, Lord willing, start putting together kind of a, a compiled list all together, um, kind of attempting to do the same thing. But hey, we're, this, is, this is just episode one. Uh, we're so excited that you're with us. You were going to hear a far, far uh, edited version uh, of this podcast. But know that Makai and I talked for more than an hour um, about these two lists and we're so excited for you to take this journey with us but we will go ahead and tell you now our next episode we will be sharing together our our both our personal stories and the history behind the very best and our favorite bob dylan album blood on the tracks Today's episode is brought to you by studentloan.gov. <laughs> Forget your username? <laughs> is it time to re-up your... Uh, is, is it time to submit your new information for your pay-as-you-earn plan? <laughs> Gig economy got you down? You um, very quickly <laughs> eased into Pastor Rob. At the very end... It was so the end of the service. Hey, if this is your first time listening, I want to encourage you to go to our website. When you said, I want... Hey, hey, look. I want to you encourage know, you. You, you, can, like... you, can, you can take the guy out of the situation. <laughs> pastor's still going to find a way to be a pastor at the end. You got to give people something to do. Give them an action step to take, okay? Man, when you, when you said, I want... Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling for you to go to my Instagram page. Hey, if this is your first time listening to Pet Sounds, I want to encourage you. Talk to somebody here. They want to hear this story. If this is your first time listening to Parliament, tell someone. If he wants to get funked up, come back next Sunday. 